Hi, welcome to the Miss Vision podcast. I'm Jackie. Hi, I'm Joya. And today we're talking with Harmony Smith from Chicks Making Flicks. But first we're telling you about what's up this week and how it relates to women in the industry. Last week we discussed the importance of table reads and feedback. And this week we want to discuss writers writing roles for themselves and then directing themselves in that role. Although some do it well, most do not. But we'll get to that in a little bit. What's up this week? Australia is a good place to be right now if you're a woman making movies. First, they have the Big Pineapple Film Competition. It is an initiative in reaction to widespread gender disparity in the industry, where only 16% of directors are female, 23% are screenwriters, 34% are producers, and as little as 7% are cinematographers. In order to be eligible, projects must pass the four-tick test. That means Four out of the five key roles, writer, producer, cinematographer, director, and lead protagonist must be filled by women. Additionally, the four key creatives can only have two feature credits between them, which is encouraging beginner filmmakers to participate. The winner gets a $50,000 cash prize to write and produce their feature film and will receive substantial industry support, including a distribution safety net through the festival's channels. Also coming out of Australia this week, Screen Australia introduced DACA 180 for documentary filmmakers. They are going to have six female documentary filmmakers make a 180-second documentary with the intent of causing the viewer to do a complete 180 on a topic relating to women. These six directors will get three months and $6,000 to complete their project. And Australia's National Film Board also announced their latest initiative is meant to achieve gender parity in key creative positions for animated, documentary, and interactive works in production as of 2020. This new initiative supports women in the more male-dominated areas of the already male-dominated industries such as editing, cinematography, screenwriting, music composition, animation, and immersive interactive storytelling, as well as positions such as art director, art designer, and creative technologist. The board also says they plan to set up a talent bank where women in the industry can submit portfolios, demos, and CVs. The Canadian film industry also launched two new initiatives recently geared towards empowering and encouraging women. First, they announced a new apprenticeship program for female directors, and the Canadian Film Board is expanding its gender equity plan by advocating for more women cinematographers, composers, and screenwriters. In news closer to home, closer to our old homes in Florida, this year, the Sarasota Film Festival, which takes place March 31st through April 9th in Sarasota, Florida, will be opening and closing with films directed by women. They will be kicking off the festival with Rory Kennedy's Take Every Wave, The Life of Laird Hamilton, and closing the festival with Francis Ford Coppola's wife, Eleanor Coppola's film, Paris Can Wait. Take Every Wave recently screened at Sundance and is a documentary about a big wave surfer. It's said by its director to be an unconventional documentary. Meanwhile, Coppola's Paris Can Wait will hit theaters on the 12th of May and stars Diane Lane, Arnaud Viard, and Alex Baldwin about a two-day carefree adventure from Cannes to Paris, France. Those are only two of several films directed by women to screen in Sarasota this spring. If you're planning to attend the festival, let us know. Short film alert and act fast. The Audience Awards Women's Film Challenge is accepting submissions until March 
17th. That's literally two days from today. So like I said, act fast. If you have an expert of a feature film, an existing short film, or the desire to make one under seven minutes in length, and there's one or more above the line woman, director, producer, or writer involved in production, this challenge is for you. The short can be a narrative or documentary, and there is no premiere status requirement here. The top 10 jury winning films, five from narrative and five from documentary, will screen at the headlining red carpet event on Saturday night at the Audience Awards Film Festival in North Hollywood on April 8th at the L Portal Theater. The winning filmmakers will also be matched with top-tier women in the film industry at a mentorship brunch during the festival. So check out their website for more information and deadlines, which is coming up in two days. The website is www.theaudienceawards.com and look for the Women's Film Challenge or, of course, just follow the link in our blog. Topic Let's talk about when writers write roles for themselves then cast themselves as the lead in a project they also plan to direct and possibly even produce. So let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's <laughs> talk about that. I guess the first thing I want to say about this is I totally understand why actors have to, at least in the beginning of their careers, they have to write roles for themselves. And you will hear this from every acting teacher. You will hear this from all actors who are not getting cast in the roles that they want, but they want to build a portfolio for themselves and build a reel. So I totally understand that actors need to learn the art of writing and write characters for themselves. But that's the difference. They need to write characters for themselves, maybe monologues, maybe skits. So I think that's one of the huge differences for actors who are also writers or transitioning to that role to write roles for themselves need to be aware of. Yeah, absolutely. I know just from just from watching somewhat, I think that if you try to put too much of yourself in or you intend on putting a lot of yourself into the role, into the writing, and then once you get into the nitty gritty of it, you don't want to share that personal story as much as you thought you did, maybe you should write a different story because it will reflect on film. If you have the intent, on being completely raw and personal. And then once you get to filming, you decide that you don't want to share that vulnerability on camera, then either recast the role or do something else. <laughs> because yeah. it's not, it, it ends up not being pretty. You know what I mean? And I don't know. Well, it doesn't like come off authentic. Attractive. Yeah. It yeah. Doesn't no, come it doesn't. Authentic unless you're doing some kind of like instructional video where you're not really playing yourself so much as you're teaching. You know what well, I mean? Well, and documentaries are an exception too. Completely different, yeah. Yeah, you know, and I've seen this go both ways where people can either hold back or they, they're too married to it. For example, there was someone that I was working with at one time that when I was helping shape up the script, this actor was creating work for themselves and asked for my professional feedback on the script. And when I suggested things in the story that needed to change that just weren't working, this person was so married to, no, but this was how it happened in real life. So this is how it has to happen in the story. Just because something happened in real life a certain way or an exact way, does not mean it's going to translate on film a specific way. Film is also meant to be a dramatization. It's not always meant to reflect 
a literal, but in this case, it just wasn't working. And this person could not handle any criticisms whatsoever because they were too close to it. And I think that's also a danger when you're writing yourself as a character. You can't handle criticisms as much because we as artists, we are naturally sensitive. So having criticisms in general is hard. But then when you have criticisms that are on something so personal, something you went through or something that means so much to you about your first love or whatever it is, it's really hard to take those criticisms and people don't like it. But at the same time, if you're putting it out there, you have to be prepared to take criticism. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the joy of writing is that you can take a story and you can make it go however you want to. It doesn't really have to stick with, well, that's how it happened. Unless you're writing, you know, a docudrama or a biography where you have to stick, like if you're doing like a JFK type of thing. But if you're writing about yourself and or someone that you know or whatever, it doesn't necessarily have to go down exactly the way it went down in real life. Because the only people that know how it went down in real life are you and whoever you're interacting with. And that's Part of art. It's how you see it or how you would have preferred to see it. It doesn't have to go word for word. You know, how many times do you have an interaction with someone and, you know, an hour later you're like, oh man, I should have said this. When you're writing the script, you can say that. And that and that's the thing is that you shouldn't necessarily be married to what actually happened when, it, you know, what you should have said might be better in the script. And that, that's something that should really, like you were saying, you should take the criticism. And that was something that we talked about last week with the table reads and taking the criticism and molding and perfecting the script to to suit an audience and not necessarily what you know what actually happened in real life especially if you're writing for yourself and then when you are starring in it or doing the role and then trying to direct yourself you know it it is possible to do it successfully but if you don't have 20 years experience and you know 30 movies or so under your belt it's probably not a good idea to start with writing directing producing yourself as yourself when it comes to anybody directing themselves as a lead role I'm always kind of weary of it. Last year in 2016, Clea Duvall, who I love as an actress, she wrote her first screenplay that she directed also as her writing debut and her directorial debut. And she also produced it. She was also starring in it. So I was a little nervous because I liked her so much and I was going to be reviewing this film professionally for Film Inquiry. When you're wearing too many hats, that are all the core roles. The reason being, each one of those jobs is very stressful, like Lou said last week. You know, when you're wearing the hat of writer, producer, director, that in itself, you're the above the line core roles right there. All the responsibility falls on you. And then to also be the star and have to channel that emotion and that chemistry with your other co-stars, all of that is really, really, really hard, and all of that is a full-time job. So when you're taking four big jobs on one production, it always makes me a little nervous for the overall quality of that production. So I was really pleasantly surprised with how well I thought it turned out. Clea Duvall has also been in front of the camera for more than 20 years. So she right. has that experience, just like... Jason Bateman, when he directed and starred in The Family Thing, he didn't write that. That was a book. 
he also did a really good job. That was not, again, that was not a bi- an autobiographical role for him. That was, he probably read the book, loved the book, and then had a vision for it and said, I want to make this a movie, and did, and did a great job. Directing is a tough job with a lot of pressure on you. So is acting. So if you're taking on both roles, you need to have that experience behind you or it's not going to come out well. It's not going to translate well on film. It doesn't. It doesn't translate well on film. It's hard. It's a lot of work. It would be a lot easier to just be the writer or just be the director or just be the producer. It's a lot to ask of yourself. It really truly is. Aside from Howard Stern doing it in his biopic, I just don't think anybody should play themselves in a biopic for the very simple reason that nobody, no matter who you are, no matter how self-aware you might be, nobody can see themselves completely objectively. Nobody can, you are yourself. You, It's like trying to bite your own teeth. You can't do it. Right. You know, that's a good example. You know, he had written the book and then he did the whole movie thing. I took that movie as not even a really a form of entertainment so much as like a giant apology letter to his wife that even at the end didn't work out because they ended up getting divorced like anyway but that it is a good example because you know he had to play himself and it's kind of it's like holding up an ugly mirror to yourself which for him he was doing that on purpose because I guess he felt bad for treating his wife the way that he did for however many years but when when you are starring in a role that you wrote for yourself as yourself it is holding up an ugly mirror and you might not want to look in that mirror and that will definitely affect your acting and the end product of, of the film. It's funny because it was private parts. If you, <laughs> if you don't want to look at those dirty, ugly private parts of yourself, then you should probably not take on that starring role. Film can be really therapeutic. You can absolutely take out your aggressions or your heartbreak or say the things that you didn't get to say that you wanted to. I think that's really therapeutic for me as a writer to be able to, in fact, this happened with one of my scripts. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's one of my favorite <laughs> scripts that you've written is that particular <laughs> one, the, the woulda, mm-hmm. coulda, shoulda said things mm-hmm. or what would have happened if you had the opportunity. Like, I love that script and I really think that you should produce it. That didn't happen. I mean, it's based on you and another person. And right, but it's, it's what I, it's what would have, it's what I imagine the conversation would have been like or what I I would say in that situation and I think sometimes those stories can be so healing and so therapeutic so you don't have to go through reliving your trauma or reliving whatever heartbreak someone you know cheated on you so many times so you want to do a smear campaign movie on them like that's the other thing to avoid is when you're doing an autobiographical like story <laughs> I mean but that's that's where you have to be really careful because because even if you want to like for example and I'm just throwing like a total fictional hypothetical out here okay so let's say hypothetically you were cheated on um, you know you had a boyfriend that completely just cheated on you left and right every time you turn around this guy's cheating on you and you decide you want to make a movie about it well you have to be really careful of running the risk of you're making a smear campaign now if you're not willing to sit there and tell is he just an asshole if he's an asshole why are you with him no one's going to stay with someone who cheats on them constantly if there's not something that keeps you coming back you know what is it what is it that draws you to this person there has to be substance and without substance you're just creating a smear campaign so you know that's these are just all things to consider but i'm going to wrap this topic by saying that sometimes it can work
Of course, there are always exceptions to the rule, but I have to say that when I've seen it work, it works with veterans who have 20 plus years in the industry and when they aren't playing a character that is actually based on them in real life. I don't believe anybody can pull that off well, no matter who they are, because no one is capable of seeing themselves completely objectively. All right. Well, are you ready to talk to Harmony Smith? Yes. Let's hear all about her journey in filmmaking and welcome this week's visionary to the podcast. I'm Harmony. In my case, it was, it's kind of in my blood. It's in my family blood, I guess you could say. My grandmother was an agent and my uncles were child actors. They were on a TV show called The Monroe's. Miss Barbara Hershey, I think it was in the 60s. And that led my grandma to get into being an agent. And then when I was just a little baby in diapers, I, I started working in commercials and little bit parts. So then they put me into modeling, and I did modeling for a while. And then I was lucky enough to move to Hawaii with my mom, and so I took a break from it all. But then we realized that we needed to come back to the real world, <laughs> and we came back to L.A., and I started back up with modeling and then got really serious into acting. And it wasn't until I took time off to have children and get married that I just missed the artistry of, you know, living in a world of life and, and movie making and acting and all of that. And so I, I got back into acting by doing a lot of theater, but the business had changed a lot when I had kids. And so I felt like I had changed a lot as well. And I, I decided to try writing, which, you know, it, it took a lot of courage to be able to do it because I was just always told, you know, you're an actor, you're a model. And a few angels around me um, were mentioning, you should write, you know, we like your blog, <laughs> write, try writing. And so I did. And I just, it just exploded and I couldn't stop. And I just would write all night long. It's so many stories that I wanted to get out into characters. And it was, it was really exciting for me. And then I realized that, well, I wanted to make these, these movies, <laughs> not just write them, but also make them. So I made a few short films and it was pretty difficult because I didn't have a team that I could depend on. It was just me, you know, doing it with my kids and my fiance and like the kids are holding the boom mic and stuff like that. <laughs> and it was, it was wild. I mean, those movies are, are cute and fun and everything, but I just decided that I, I wanted to be able to do it every day and find a way to do that. So I started reaching out to people and I found out that there's so many women who have the same dreams to make films. And, you know, really what you need is just a great support group. So I put together a group called Just Making Flicks. And that was just our cookie name for our Facebook page, but it stuck. And all these women came together and it was just a lot easier to fundraise. And, you know, we have producers and actors and directors and writers and the collaboration uh, makes it possible for us to be able to make these projects happen from start to finish. So we've probably done about five projects so far. And it's only been a couple of years, but it's been wild. I mean, if you can imagine a group of women together all the time, <laughs> writing and hanging out and having meetings and making these things happen. And we just get some beautiful work from it because it's all very much emotionally based and we you know base our stories on topics that matter to women stuff that we don't see being made by other people um even you know the characters are not your stereotypical characters that are written by let's say people who aren't women <laughs> men who <laughs> may not know understand you know they may not be able to uh, write a female character the way that a woman would so that's what we're trying to go for and it's uh it's been very fulfilling so far is your blog still active my blog kind of 
was just, I didn't have time for it. Once I started writing, I don't have time for all of those things that, I mean, my, I used to have a Facebook page for my dog. Like <laughs> I, I was so starved for like expressing all of these things going through my mind that I, I just was putting them into all of these different areas until I realized that what I needed to be doing was focusing on writing scripts. So now I haven't been writing my dog for a while. Probably oh, should. Cool. Yeah. I love what you oh. said about um, writing characters that are, or having characters written by people that are women, because it's really interesting to me. One of my scripts that I've been doing table reads with, I had a, a male friend of mine read it, and he said to me, you know, I read a lot of scripts all the time I have for 20 years, and they're always written by men, and it's really interesting to see that this is what goes through a woman's mind. This was the first time he'd read a script written by women with a characters with characters written by women. So I thought it was interesting that he was like, wow, that's so interesting to see the difference, but it really is. Yes, yes. I mean, nothing against these guys. You know, there's obviously incredible male writers out there, but how do you really know how to write a female character if you're not a female? If you're not doing extensive research on, you know, being a woman and everything. We see so many, just movie after movie of these exuberant male leads, you know, they're so dynamic. And then there's the female character. and sidekick. Yeah, she's just a sidekick. She's just a stereotype. And it makes me cringe when I see those roles and also, you know, having to read for those roles on auditions and stuff. It's like you can't sink your teeth into it. It feels like a ripoff. You feel like you're being ripped off and for what, you know? I mean, the whole point of art is to be able to give an experience to someone and to maybe inspire them, motivate them, heal them. So I think that with the women that I've been working with, we, we're really achieving that. And, you know, we also want to inspire other women out there because there's, like Jane Campion said, if you don't have female writers and directors, you're only hearing half the story. So exactly. <laughs> absolutely. I think it's so important to have women's voices involved and, and why I do the podcast and why I want to reach out to and get to know other women because I want to watch films by people of my same gender. You know, if I'm watching a film about a 12-year-old going through puberty, a 12-year-old girl going through puberty, I don't want it written by a man. I want it written by someone who's gone through puberty as a 12-year-old girl. Of course. I mean, you got to write, you write about what you know. Absolutely. And what's so beautiful about what you're doing, Jackie, is that I know that you are a very busy mother. You know, you have a bunch of boys that you take care of, plus you're a filmmaker. Um, and here you are giving to the community of female filmmakers by doing the podcast. So I think it's really, really cool that you're doing this. Oh, thank you. I just think it's so important. No, it's that, so you know, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. No, it's, it's, it's so easy to feel so unappreciated in this town and in this industry. There's so much going on all the time. And I feel like we really need to have a community of women supporting women and not not that we're not supporting men I mean Joya and I were just talking constantly about how we want to have balanced teams of men and women because together and in working together and in realizing our strengths and weaknesses I think we can create beautiful pieces of art but we're not there yet Hollywood's not there yet we need to get there and only by women Absolutely. realizing that they matter and that their voices that their voices matter and that people want to want to hear what they have to say like that's I think step one in drawing the women out is letting them know that they do have an audience. Oh gosh, do they have an audience? I mean, that's what I want to hear. That's what I want to see. I think that all women do. And just like you were saying about your friends, the, the man who realized how, how much better it was hearing it coming from a woman's point of view, it's like even men will be enlightened. So, yeah. you know, it's up to us, really. We just have 
have to take our rightful place in the industry and uh, be strong and work as hard as everybody else. And uh, we'll get there. I'm, I definitely have faith that we'll get there. That's so important, I think, about when you have when you have men doing what people like James Franco are doing and when he's doing his master classes and he's making it even and giving women directors and women producers and women writers just as much of a voice as the male writers, directors, and producers. When the rest of Hollywood catches up with that, I think we're going to have much more compelling stories. Absolutely. Isn't he the best? I love <laughs> giving back to the community through Studio 4. Yeah, Studio 4 is awesome. I have a friend who's going to be teaching there, Robin. She's a brilliant teacher. And yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to check all that out. They're doing some great work over there. I was in class with Vince and Jane, a bunch of other people, and we started out and beginning together where we were just fragile, scared, little trembling birds on stage. <laughs> doing repetition exercises <laughs> and um, we worked all the way through exams together and yeah it was quite a journey I'm really happy to be seeing what they're doing and they are very generous and just really cool guys Hollywood is interesting because when like when I came out here and I had already went through film school and did an internship and was working in the South Florida industry, which really isn't much of an industry, but what it was, you know, I was working in it. And and then coming out here, it's like, oh, no, I'm not done with school. I've got to take classes just to meet people, to network with what I want to do. So it's fun. It's, it's a fun place to be. You meet people taking classes. And then those people that you meet, they become your tribe and your, your L.A. family. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I love taking classes. I mean, if I could take classes all day, every day, I would. There's That's so much to learn and you bond with with your friends and then you, you go through it all together and yeah it amazes me what people have accomplished just throughout the, the years that we started studying it's like you know you never know who you're going to be in class <laughs> it could be the next De Niro or something you never know yes absolutely yeah. true in New York there's always Broadway actors side by side with the up and coming people in all of the classes so I know that it's really important to always be trying to hone your craft and you can only get better. It's not like you're going to lose anything by taking a class, you know? Yeah, there's so much talent out there. It's like there's so much competition. You've, you've got to be on top of your game. You've got to work as hard as you can. There's just no time for slacking because you don't you don't know how long you have. And if you really feel inside of yourself that there's something that you want to give as an artist to the world, it's like get on it, work at it, work as hard as you can because the world needs to hear it, I feel. If there's something inside of you that you, that you feel that is your gift you've just got to try your best to get it out there as hard as it may be and when there's obstacles and challenges in the way I think you know a lot of people give up and I've met so many people in Hollywood that since I've been out here that have given up and gone home because either they didn't have the emotional support system or too much rejection just takes a toll on you um, there's a lot of obstacles but if you really truly believe in in yourself and in what you're doing and the stories that you want to tell just keep pushing through it and find your tribe and your team and eventually it will all come together make it or die trying there's no room for failure if you believe in yourself you'll keep doing it you can't you, help it you just can't help it i quit all the time i mean maybe i quit every day i, I don't even know i get so fed right. up and i'm artists are so sensitive you know it's like we feel everything so deeply and that's why it's it's just a strange dichotomy it's like you're so sensitive that it hurts so bad and you know La La Land I mean I love the movie it, it showed a glimpse of what actors go through what did they show like a few auditions of hers and how 
hard it can be, you know, in that room, exposing your soul and just being told, okay, okay, that's enough. And, you know, it's like you gave birth there, you <laughs> you gave in your baby and you're being rejected and it hurts so bad and you just want to collapse and give up. But that's what makes you an artist. And that's what, me- that's what means that you're, you're in the right place. If you have those feelings and stuff, this is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Even though it's so hard, it's like, you're not, you're not going to give up really. If it's your true calling, you can't, it just keeps no. coming back to you. I think. There's something, yeah. It's like you quit every night and you wake up every, uh, the next morning and okay, well, I'm doing it again. So what's the, what's the strategy? What's the game plan today? Yeah. And if you're not doing it, you know, for the fame or you're not doing it for the money or the recognition or the fame or, you know, any of that, you're just doing it because it's what your soul wants to do. It's just something that you have to do. Well, you're on the right path. What expectation can you have anyway? Only to hopefully, you know, get a place to show your work. Even if it's just in some little dingy theater, you know, with 10 people watching you, you may affect At least 10 one people person. get to see you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what are you working on now? Do you have anything in the works? Let's see. We have finished a few films, and those films we are just starting to put into festivals and stuff like that. We did have a film at the IIFE, the um, Idlewild International Festival Cinema, which uh, Stephen Savage runs in Trinity Houston, and we picked up an Excellence in Filmmaking Award, which was really just such an honor and such a wonderful film festival. I don't know if you guys know about it, but they call it like the mini Sundance. usually snowing and it's really charming up there and it's just so much fun to get away yeah but so far that's the only one that we've even had time to put our stuff into we need to put some energy towards that now the next thing that we have coming out is a web series that is very different from everything that we've done so far it's (laughs) kind of a launchy comedy that I think is going to be really shocking to a lot of people it's hilarious and that should be coming out sometime this spring that's so awesome is if that's what men want like if they want the equivalent of dick and fart jokes from a woman's perspective <laughs> got it we can do it if they want to see raunchy then let's show them raunchy if they think that women are just all like i don't know prim proper and prude uh hello no <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been working with a writer named Tanya Penn, and she is absolutely brilliant. I love working with her. She just has a way with puns and hilarious comedic dialogue. And so um, it is. It's, it's, it's shocking, and I think it's, it's going to be really funny and wacky. And we just like to challenge ourselves by, you know, attempting all different genres because it's more fun that way. Um, that's sort of the idea of the group is that we want to – bring in all different styles, all different uh, women, you know, everyone should have a chance to be writing and directing and acting and all of that stuff. And so hopefully, you know, more people will come forward and have finished scripts and stuff like that so that we can keep keep making more stuff. Yeah, so definitely. That's, awesome. that's what I want to see happen. Like I want a lot to see of fun. more. Yeah, exactly. I, w- I want to be part of a community like that. I want to, I want to see that thriving and, and just people making – Making shorts and web series for the fun of it, writing scripts and and finding funding to do features and just making it happen with or without. You don't need permission. You just you need to find a way to make it happen. Yeah. If you wait around for permission, I mean, chances are you're going to be waiting a long time. I got tired of waiting. I just thought, why not just do it? Find a way to do it. And we did it. And it's kind of a miracle what happened. I mean, I look back at all the work and all of the challenges and just the 
constant drive that I had to come back to, to just, you know, overcome these obstacles, it's worth it. It's like, there's no better feeling than knowing that you created something out of nothing. And really there was no one even around telling you to do it. You just found a way to do it. You found like-minded people to help that had the same vision as you and, and you made it happen. And that's essentially what Chicks Making Flicks is. It's pretty, pretty incredible. It's a really great group of women, very, very hardworking women. You have just as much of a right to say how you're feeling and what your ideas are as any man out there. And uh, just be prepared to, to work as hard as anyone else. And you can do it. And, yeah, you got to push the boundaries. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. And mm-hmm. I think that it's, it, will make, it will be the change. Definitely. That's I'm what, really excited you know, that's to check I... out your raunchy web series. <laughs> I can't wait for it to come out now. I'm like, oh, a raunchy web series? I can't wait. Our uh, web series is just going to be on our website. So I can send you that. It, it just corresponds with our YouTube page. So everything's going to be on that. Right now we're just wrapping up, like we're wrapping up the web series and just trying to deal with the projects that we've already finished. Before we go, do you have any words of wisdom? We touched on it already, you know, to women out there or young women or just artists in general. is just to search your soul and find out what it is that you want to give to the world. And, um, that you know, work hard as hell and be the best that you can be and get it out there because the world needs it. If you, if you want, share it with them. It means that we all need it. And never doubt yourself believe in yourself don't be afraid to stand up for yourself great awesome (laughs) you rock thank you you guys rock cool it was so fun talking with you thank you for chatting with us and taking the time yeah thank you so much and that's a wrap for this week tune in next week when we're talking to the creator behind lady brain casey gates and in the meantime go make your movies remember you don't need permission you just need passion thanks for tuning in